This is Golf with Jay Delsing. A two-time college All-American at UCLA. A participant in nearly 700 PGA Tour events. Seven professional wins to his credit. Over 30 years of professional golf experience. A member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, welcome to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay, and welcome to the show. I'm sitting down with my friend, longtime caddy, former All-American at UCLA, caddied over 100 events on the PGA Tour, successful businessman. I can't believe you actually wrote a book, too, Pearl. Lover of the game, Pearlie, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Glad to be here. Former All-American. No, aren't you like president? If you're president, don't they always call you and refer to you as president? Aren't we always All-Americans? Should we be? I mean, we could be whatever we want. It's our show. Well, exactly. They don't even know if we really were All-Americans, if we think about it. But anyway, good morning. Well, we got a lot to talk about. I have an interview with now three-time Masters champ caddy, Mr. Ted Scott, who's just a terrific human being. I know you got to uh, listen to the interview. It's a fun interview, isn't it? It absolutely is. Uh, just, I, I'm so looking forward to talking about the details. And I, I'll tell you, I mentioned to you earlier, I have to acknowledge, I got pretty emotional during the interview. I, I just I just respect the way this guy's living and the way he's proceeding forward with his life. It's There was a lot more to it than Caddy and, uh, at Augusta. Let's get into this. Let's do a little business first. We formatted a show like Around the Golf. This first segment is called the On the Range segment. And the On the Range segment is brought to you by my, by my buddy Jeff Thornhill and the folks at TaylorMade Golf. Folks, you got to check out the Stealth Driver, the Fairway Woods. You got to check out almost anything TaylorMade. They are really doing some neat stuff. And because of Jeff, we are giving away a dozen TP5 golf balls. All you need to do is send me an email, j at jdelsinggolf.com, and you'll be entered. Put balls in the subject matter somewhere or tell me you want these golf balls, and we will enter you into the drawing. Guys, if you need anything done on your home, inside, the outside, you need to call Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing, 314-805-2132. I'm going to get Kathy out to my house get her to help me with some uh, some color changes in a, a couple of rooms. My place is in desperate need of painting, and they are, first of all, terrific human beings. Second of all, they're experts at this stuff. 314-805-2132. Not very often at this point in our history, which I'm not sure we really have much history, but have we had someone on the show twice, but Mr. Ted Scott, he came back on. Well, thank goodness he did. How timely on your on your uh, your part, but uh, man, what a great story he's got to tell. And uh, I'm I'm thinking this could be the beginning of a lot, hearing a lot from him and old Scotty Scheffler. We talked about this a couple of shows ago, and we we're wondering: is this just a really hot streak from a damn good player, or is this a new era? It's kind of starting on the PGA Tour, and now that everywhere he goes, you know, Scotty Scheffler is going to get uh, a bunch of attention. I'm not sure what to make out of, out of it, John. You could have argued the same with uh, Jordan Spieth. You could have argued the same even probably a little more vehemently with Rory McIlroy, and neither of those two has turned out to be this shatterer in terms of in a new superstar on the horizon. What do you think about what? Scheffler? Well, let me ask you a question, Jay, relative to that, because we have talked about it a little bit. I'm obviously a big Scott Scheffler fan, and the more I'm getting to know him, I'm only becoming a bigger fan. But what are some elements that you would point out that that the true superstars have? And let's compare that to what Scotty's got or doesn't have. That's a really good question, John, because next week on the show, we got Tom Watson coming on next week. And you want to talk about eight-time major champion, 39 PGA Tour wins, 77 worldwide wins from that gentleman, and, and spent over five years as the world number one ranked player in the world. They have, first of all, there's no glaring holes in their golf game. And one of the things I wanted to point out to you about Scotty Scheffler's legwork, because you and I have always kind of scratched our head with this. 
I recently watched, and this is a bunny trail. We're going to hop down real quickly, but I recently watched the 30 for 30 Greg Norman show about his losses and this most specifically the 96 Masters when he gave up a five or six shot lead to Nick Faldo. Gotti Scheffler's lower leg work and Greg Norman's lower leg work are so similar. Wow. I didn't know that. That's a, that's a heck of a point. Well, Jay, you look at some other people's lower leg work, you know, who comes to mind that their feet are shuffling all over the place. You look at Justin Thomas, it doesn't have a foot necessarily touching the ground at impact. Well, I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly who I wanted you to point out. So, you know, this old theory of, you know, plant your feet, have your heels planted here, have this leg planted there. That stuff's out the, out the window with these guys. N- none of that seems to matter. I mean, it really doesn't matter. If you look at what, I mean, John, what matters is speed and some sort of level of control. Clearly, you need to have some sort of level of control. But with Scotty Scheffler, the things that he does best are from 50, maybe 80 yards on end. So relative to what starts to denote or how do we start identifying superstars, people that kind of keep it together for a long time. No glaring holes. You pointed that out. Now you're pointing out short game. I don't think there's ever been a superstar that didn't have a phenomenal, phenomenal short game. I know there's a, there's times where Nicholas was not thought of, of, of much of a chipper or a pitcher, but he was always thought of as a phenomenal putter. So Scotty's got a phenomenal short game, top, top. And no general holes. What else do you what else do you think of? Well, I think the most important thing, and we kind of started all we kind of kind of scatter shot here like we do on the Golf of Jay Delsing show. But John, mentally, he is absolutely super, super strong and competent. And as we have seen, there have been situations where he could have folded like a lawn chair. And he rose to the occasion, specifically the third shot on the third hole at Augusta National on Sunday. Yeah, you, you think that's a huge shot. I certainly think it's a huge shot, too, because let's let's take the, the drastic approach. And let's say he hits a bad shot there and makes bogey or double. That would have been tough at that point. Really tough at that point. You know, had he hit it up there two feet and made par, that would have almost been as good as him having chipped it in. But my gosh. Yeah, just phenomenal. Okay, back back on task though. What else do you see from the superstars that what trait uh, other traits do they have that Scotty's got or doesn't have? You know, John, in the modern era, and I'll talk about the last 25, 20 years or so, 20, 25 years or so, you'd say they have to be exceptionally long, like Mickelson and Tiger. Now, Scotty, I, I, I'm gonna back up that a little bit and say Scotty is long enough. He is certainly long in our generational standards. I don't, he would definitely not be considered a long hitter on the PGA Tour today, but he is more than competent in the length department. So you can check that box. He is definitely a good iron player. He's a good iron player. But I don't think anything can hold a candle to A, his mind, and B, his short game. I think those are where he where he, he is going to hang his hat. Well, how about that ultra, ultra competitor? Where does that fit in on the on the superstars? That's the my that's a, that's in the mental side. These these guys, they don't give up on anything. They are uber competitive as you as you're speaking, and they just have the ability when they need it the most, or when their chips are down, so to speak, they can pull rabbits out of their hats and. We've seen Tiger Woods do that on countless occasions. Phil Mickelson has done that innumerably times as well. And Scotty Scheffler, boy, John, if you break down Scotty Scheffler's final hole on Saturday with the ball that doesn't fade and get into the fairway on 18, it's got to take an unplayable eye, the whole deal. And then his first couple tee shots on one and on three on Sunday, you'd think, boy, his ball striking, maybe that driver is going to be his Achilles heel. But you know what? He pitches that ball in for birdie at three, writes the ship, and basically finds his way around this thing with with no drama whatsoever. And Cameron Smith, I think, was completely deflated at that point on number three. Oh, had to be. Absolutely had to be. You know, you're into your own game. You don't want to worry about what the other guy's doing. But by the same token, you're at one point thinking, I might pick up one, two, three shots in this guy in this hole. And next thing you know, he plops that puppy in. 
you know, then then he's got that sense of, you know, I can't be beat. I can I can miss one or two shots and still make a birdie. And I'm playing Augusta National in the Masters. That's a nice mindset to have for sure. Jay, what about his what about his his driver, though? Go on that a little bit longer. OK, so he's in the upper echelon of uh, of distance, not the top, but in the upper echelon. What about the shape? He seems to pretty much be a fader of the ball. Can you work the ball? Do you need to work the ball out on tour now off the tee? You know, John, I really don't think you do. I, do, I really don't think you do. And for the guys, for faders of the golf ball that, that have trouble turning the ball from right to left, a lot of times, John, you'll see them go down to their three-wood, which is an easier club to, to hook a little bit. And they're not really dropping off dramatically distance-wise three-wood compared to their driver. I mean, it's not these bombs that are that occasionally touch 350, but, you know, they're hitting that, that three-wood out there between 275 and 300 yards as well. And they're, they're, they're on par fives, if they can turn it, they're still getting home in two on the par fives. So it doesn't really matter that much, to your point. I totally agree with you there. So then I think another big picture, and I'm not picking on anybody, but it's the reality of the situation. What about the, the longevity and the staying power? You know, what does it matter off the golf course, the family situation, uh, how they're living, that kind of stuff? And then the other big thing, which is one thing I think has gotten to Rory at least a little bit, does it matter anymore? After you've won, after you have more money than you can spend, your kids can spend, your grandkids can spend, how do they sustain the, this still matters to me, to where they're still going to work as hard so they can maintain that uh, that leadership uh, level of play? John, that's a great point. We could probably do an entire show on that because th- think about it. As Roy keeps pursuing, he wants the career slam. He needs to get that Augusta win, which is really, really going to be difficult. And as he's doing this, he is amassing a fortune and he's not winning all that much. He wins maybe once a year, which still it's so difficult to win on the PGA Tour. I shouldn't say he's not winning much, but to the way, to the degree and to the level that he came out firing, you think, well, gosh, this is going to be a different, you know, a different kind of player. The old things that used to motivate these guys, they change. And what happens is the greats are able to adjust and take that same tenacity and that same willpower and and keep it going. And that is really something to be said. Now, to get back to what you said, how important is what happens to you, how you handle your life off the course? Until Tiger, and then you can even use Tiger as an example on both ends of it, you'd have thought that the stability in the family life was crucially important. You know, Tiger was going through some of the best golf we'd ever seen and, and, and not really doing what you'd expect, or at least what had been done by Jack Nicklaus and some of the other greats ahead of him in terms of family life and kind of being the that sort of citizen off the golf course. Now, when Tiger's stuff hits the fan, you see Tiger fall off and go into a, a, a cavern. And even more significant, John, than all of his positive stuff that Tiger's done is what happened to him because of the Thanksgiving Day 2009 incident, because it's left the big hole in his once-in-a-lifetime resume. I mean, John, he rewrites every single record book on the PGA Tour if that doesn't happen. You know, I call it, uh, when I work with folks, the what matters. And, you know, how can you? I think there's quite an art to, okay, at some point we're motivated by having enough money so we can have a house and a car and, and food. And then when that goes away, what's the next level of motivation, the next level? So I think the common denominator might be more important is how personally uh, competitive are they? And, and I think in talking to you and, and knowing you and being out there a little bit with the other guys, I think that the competitive juices that in many ways that we're kind of born with or, or develop awfully early uh, sustains us through these changes. So even though there's rocky, rocky places, and there's plenty of guys that have had issues out there. Tigers is front page, granted, but there's been plenty of challenges by different people. It's life, but maybe it's that that deep competitive juices that uh, gets us over the hump continue to compete. I've got to do the tip of the cap and we've got to wrap up the on the range segment. The tip of the cap is brought to you by my buddies over at Dean team Volkswagen of Kirkwood, Colin burnt three, one, four, nine, six, six, zero, three, zero, three. Pearlie and I are both driving Dean team of Kirkwood vehicles. Love them. We're tipping our cap to grounds, crews, maintenance, staffs, greens, keepers, superintendents everywhere. The weather has been brutal in the Midwest this spring, just brutal. And these men and women are rocking it around the clock, 
trying to get these golf courses in good shape. We're going to get some nice weather coming around, and we are going to be enjoying our golf game because of them. We appreciate them. We want to tip our cap to them. And, guys, please keep doing it. We appreciate you. That's the tip of the cap, and it's brought to you by Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. 314-966-0303, or send me an email, j at jdelsingolf.com, and I'll hook you up personally with Colin. All right, so, John, that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. Don't go anywhere, folks. We are going to be back with the front nine and our Ted Scott interview. Golf with Jay Nelson. On the Range with Jay Delsing is brought to you by TaylorMade. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is coming up. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. I want to tell you about my friends and longtime supporters of this show, Marcone. Yes, they are incredible community stewards. Yes, they are the largest distributors of GE appliance parts in North America. What you don't know, they are spearheading, led by owner and St. Louis and Jim Sowers, a new service dog program with and in conjunction with David Faraday and the 24-7 Battle Buddy program. Jim and Marcone are ensuring that a minimum of two service dogs a year will get partnered with a veteran hero in need. These dogs are expertly trained, connected with their veteran master, and then magic starts to happen. These dogs are retrained to meet the specific needs of their warrior and to help them successfully navigate everyday life. You can learn more on Facebook at Troops First 24-7 Battle Buddies or reach out to me at j at jdelsingolf.com and I will fill you in on more of this program. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. For golf tips, news on the latest equipment, and everything golf, log on to golfwithjdelsing.com. The front nine is coming up. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process, and when I was ready, one of their specially trained KVS certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiencies of my swing. They gave me golf specific exercises to help make my swing more efficient and repeatable. Call 800 518 1626. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is presented by the Ascension Charity Classic, September 5th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. For tickets, ascensioncharityclassic.com. Hey, welcome back. Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay Delsing here. I got Pearly with me. We're headed to the Front Nine, and it's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Folks, this September 6th through 11th, don't miss this event at Norwood. And don't forget about the Advocate PGA tour event at Glen Echo that same week. You're going to have so much good golf to go to this St. Louis area. All right, so we are going to run straight to our chat with Ted Scott. Professional looper, pro jock, winner of the Masters three times, great human being. Oh, and by the way, he's a former foosball world champion. Let's go to Ted. I am sitting down this morning with my good buddy, Ted Scott, who now is a three-time Masters champion. Ted, thanks for joining me this morning. 
Absolutely, Jay. I would do anything for you, buddy. You've always been good to me. First of all, the magnitude of what just happened with you and Scotty at Augusta. Let's talk about that first. Winning that championship three times. Come on. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, first to be able to work with players that are that good, that are capable of doing it, and then to actually be tagging along while they win is pretty spectacular. So it's it's something that I never set out to be a caddy, and here I am 22 years later, surprises everybody else. <laughs> the most important thing is but does scotty know that you're the 1994 world foosball champion oh yeah that's my one thing i gotta hang on to so i tell everybody (laughs) (laughs) that story is so good so ted let's just go back through the week at augusta a little bit because we have so much to unpack here you guys won at phoenix you won at the match play which is a marathon people have no idea how much golf you guys played and what great golf you played there in his home state. But let's start at Augusta. What is there? Was there any significant point in the first three days that stood out to you from your vantage point for Scotty? Obviously, it was good that Tiger was playing because, you know, he was the newly crowned world number one, Scotty. And it, it pretty much took away. I mean, there wasn't many people following us in the practice rounds, wasn't people beating down his door to do interviews. So I think it felt a lot like a normal week, even though he was three-time winner this year already and, and just became the number one golfer in the world. So I think that certainly helped. And then you look at his record in the majors in a short two years on tour, he's a very high performer in the big tournaments. And he was consistent at Augusta. I think he finished 19th and 18th the two previous years. So coming into the tournament with a lot of confidence, got an incredible short game. He's very, very smart, very golf smart. My thought was, man, we got a great chance to contend. You never know in this game, you know, you could, I think Sam Burns was four under whipping us on every practice round, four under on every nine holes we played. I think we played about four or five times within that week and uh, he was destroying us. I mean, he was a minimum of four under on every, every nine holes. So, you know, it's, you just never know in this game, but yeah, I I thought we were going to have a, probably have a good chance to compete. And then you just don't know how the cards are going to fall after that. If we walk it back to the 18th tee on Saturday and you guys hit that hook over an 18 and got kind of on that grunky sort of lie with the unplayable, almost still made par, which is remarkable. But And then the way that, that Scotty started on Sunday was a little alarming to me because he had his ball going left quite a bit and I hadn't seen that much from him. Yeah, the shot on Saturday wasn't a left shot. The problem was is his driver is kind of made to not really go to the left, and the wind was blowing super hard left to right on that hole. And on Friday, it was blowing super hard from the left as well. Hit the shot on Friday, and the wind blew it over into the trees. Gets up on Saturday, and he goes, man, I'm just going to try to hold this against the wind. I think he probably sensed how much he would have to hold it because his driver's not really built to go that way. And he just slowed down and really tried to square it up to hold it against the wind and smother hooked it, you know. So that one really wasn't characteristic of the one on Sunday. Sunday, I think, was nerves. Probably had the best warm-up session we've had since I've been working for him. I mean, he couldn't miss. Super focused, super free. And then, you know, you get to that first tee and I slept on the lead a few few nights. So no doubt that the, the pressure was mounting. I think the first few holes it was just trying to get through them and then settle into the nerves and start playing good golf tell our listeners in your opinion and this is what gosh what is this your 18th year on tour 19th year on tour yeah 22nd 22nd gosh i'm not good at math sorry so 22nd year on tour (laughs) tell our listeners how important and what the value in your opinion is of a short game like scotty scheffler's Yeah, well, it actually frees up a lot of things. You know, if you can chip and putt well, you don't have to hit your irons as well. You don't feel the pressure to hit your irons so perfect. You know, you can knock it in the woods off the tee, punch it out, knock it near the pin and and make it. So, you know, we saw some of that with Shane Lowry. It's got a great short game. We saw that at Hilton Head. You know, he lost by one and was really struggling uh, Sunday. So it certainly is important and it's, it's often overlooked, you know, but the other thing that people don't realize is how much time Scotty spends on his short game. You know, you can't just go to the chipping green once a week for 10 minutes and think, oh, I got it, you know, because you hit a couple good chips. I mean, this guy's a relentless worker. He finds difficult lies and experiments and tries this and tries that and figures it out. So there's just a lot of time and effort that goes into how good he is. And Ted, I think that often gets overlooked, my friend. 
I think people are like, oh, he's just gifted. Or, you know, I, I remember when I had the great Wizard of Oz, Ozzie Smith on, and we talked about how he kind of revolutionized the position of shortstop. And he talked about how hard he worked and how he was continually fielding ground balls. And he was continually doing this and continually doing that. And it's the same way with the great golfers, isn't it? Yeah, it's like that story that I heard about Kobe Bryant. I think he missed a free throw to win the game. And they said the next morning, you know, 2 a.m., he asked somebody to open the gym and was in there at 2 a.m. just shooting hundreds of free throws, you know, kind of bowing to never let that happen again. And that's the competitive drive of the great players in in any sport. They're willing to do that extra that maybe some people aren't really willing to do so and scotty certainly has that kind of drive i mean this guy just really wants to be prepared and wants to compete and i've played a couple other things with him in a short period of time and he's he's crazy competitive so i can see how easily it is for him to get out there and just get the work done i think he enjoys it when i look back at what you guys did and what happened on sunday pitching the ball in on number three to me changed the entire complexion of what that championship was going to play out like. As soon as that went in, I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) So I wasn't panicking because obviously Scotty's great at match play, which is what it kind of felt like a little bit on Sunday. He only had about three or four guys that were really close. And I didn't think he would go backwards. I thought they would have to come catch him. You know, with Cameron birding the first two holes and narrowing the gap, you know, it's like, hey, we got to fight. We got to scratch. We got to claw and and keep fighting. And then when that happened, it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Now something good happened. It's almost like a a fumble in the NFL when the other team is about to score. You know, it it, it turns the ball the other direction. And you kind of go, oh, okay, this is different. (laughs) <laughs> you know, different than what what was happening. So, yeah, that was a huge moment. And then I think the putt that he made on 11 after Cameron made his birdie putt, you know, we had a tough little par putt there. They keep ahead by two was massive as well. So on Sunday, those were the two biggest moments for sure. And then the 12th tee, I was almost shocked, and I don't know why because I know how diabolical that tee shot is, but I was almost shocked to watch what Cameron did. I really wasn't that surprised if he was aiming at the pin. You know, you only know until he says he's aiming at the pin or he's not aiming at the pin, but there really wasn't a lot of win, Jay. So he just made a birdie to get within two and you're trying to win the Masters. And that's something that I I think a lot of people don't realize is that you don't win the Masters by playing safe on every single hole. Sometimes you just have to go for it. Sometimes you have to stand there with a two iron in your hand on 15 and you're not sure if this is going over the wind or in the water or on the green. And you just got to go for it and hit the shot. And if it's your time, it lands 20 feet and then you make the putt and you go on and make Eagle and win the tournament. If I was Cameron's caddy, and I, I don't know what he and Penner were saying, I was just trying to focus on our job. I would have been saying, hey, dude, let's stuff it right here. You know, let's win this thing and go for it. He, he just didn't make a great contact, kind of came out of it a little bit. And sometimes you come out of it on the wrong hole at the wrong time. And uh, that was certainly the case there. So, you know, that was unfortunate um, for him and, and to, to our fortune. But at the same time, I mean, you know, there was Rory just posting a score and doing wonderful things. So, you know, it's just never over at Augusta. You know, on the back on Sunday, is so exciting. Ted, isn't it so true? I mean, I think about you guys up on the tee next on 12, and I was sitting there going, how far left is Scotty going to hit this next ball? Man, because I thought if, I'm, if, if, if it's myself, I'm thinking I might take this thing and hook it long left of the green. Yeah, for sure. That's what happened. And uh, I was just saying, hey, stay out of the bushes. So once it was out of the bushes, I'm like, okay, that's a good start. <laughs> when Cameron didn't make the good contact with his nine iron, did you guys know? And I'm not saying you were consciously thinking of this, but did you guys know that his ball was in the water? You know how sometimes you can just tell. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he hit it, it was in the water. Like I said, there wasn't there wasn't much wind, and the contact wasn't great, and and the line it was on, it was like, okay, there's no way that can cover, you know, because even if he would have covered pin high on that line, it was still would have rolled back into the water. So no chance, you know. Right away, we pretty much knew you can't focus on on what anybody else is doing, you know. Um, I remember Scotty said to me on hole five after Cameron hit his tee shot, he said, I think he's between the bunkers and i said i don't care i don't care where he is i'm let's just do our job and whatever happens after that is gonna happen you know so it's really easy to get caught up in what everybody else is doing but at the end of the day you have to go out focus on what you can do do it to the best of your ability and if it's your time it's your time and scotty did a great job of focusing every hole until 18 green (laughs) one of the things you just said ted is so crucial and i think the listeners will so enjoy this 
for you to be able to say to your man, he's the best world number one ranked golfer in the country. And for you to say to him, don't worry about where his ball is. Let's just do our job. That's incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, these guys are incredible at golf, but it's the carrot is dangled and you want to look at it, you know, I mean, how we are as human beings. So the temptation is always there. Temptation to go forward on 12 and, you know, things like that. So you really have to have a lot of self-awareness, recognize like, hey, what, what should you be doing? Not what they should be doing or what happens here and there. I think he did such a good job a couple weeks before in the match play that that probably helped him to go into Sunday's round being ahead and, and have the confidence. All right, this is kind of a mono and mono type of battle, and I just have to go play a solid round of golf, and if they catch me, they catch me, you know? I think that people don't realize how important some of the conversations and the timing of the conversations are once you're in the heat of the battle. And, Ted, it looks like you and Scotty were like – Peanut butter and jelly, man. It looks like you guys have been together for 20 years out there. We're really getting along well. I mean, he's a fun person to be around. For some reason, he's one of the few people that laughs at my dad jokes. So that helps me to keep telling them and think that keeps the mood light. And, you know, when we decided to work together, that was one thing I told him. I said, look, you know, I've been out there a long time. I don't want to go out there and just be miserable. If I'm going to go back to work, I wanted to go out and enjoy it and just be, be grateful for the moment. No matter what happened. Hey, man, you know, we're out here competing on Sunday at Augusta. How fun is this? You know, if somebody beats us, man, that was pretty sweet that we got a chance to win and maybe we can do it again, you know? And so that's kind of the attitude that we're trying to take. And and I think it's such a great way to look at sport in general and just be grateful for the moment you're in and not get ahead of yourself. And that helps you to perform at your highest. Take us to this, the scene on the 18th green. I mean, it can't be a whole heck of a lot more fun than having a five-stroke lead coming up the 18th at Augusta, can it? We were walking off a hole 17 and just said, hey, it's time for a speech, you know, and uh, and I asked him, I said, hey, you only get one chance in your life leading the 72nd hole at the Masters to swing like you mean it on the tee shot. So let's go do that right now. And so he goes, you got it. And he, he made an awesome swing, you know, again, it's a tough tee shot because it's, it's narrow and his, his driver drifts a little bit to the right. You know, he drifted just barely into the, the first cut there, and we had a little punch niner and had to kind of keep it low under the tree and wasn't sure if it'd get a flyer or not. So just, you know, I said, hey, let's just have a little punch, and hopefully it's, it ends up on the green and went a little long, and it's like, okay, I don't know, like seven putts or something. <laughs> I don't know how many putts we had. So uh, we got way ahead of ourselves for sure, mostly him. I, I, you know, I was trying to tell him to lag it down there, and knowing Scotty Scheffler, he's probably trying to make the first one. That's how he is, man. He's just a competitor, you know. And then the second putt, we read it, and he was focused and hit a great putt, and we misread it. it. We played it to go right, and it didn't. It was a solid stroke for sure, and he's such a great putter. And then the next one, I think he was putting the cart before the horse. So then we both, we both had a laugh. I just said, look, man, if you're going to do this again, make sure that it ends up close to the hole. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, don't worry. He said, I'm going to make this one. I said, perfect. (laughs) So he focused and buried that one. And uh, and we had a good giggle over that. I I was kind of wondering what he said to you when he missed the third one. The look on his face was like, what's happening? You know what I mean? He asked me how many shots he had, like kind of jokingly. And I said to him, buddy, I'm not that good at math. Just knock this one in. And if you don't, get it close. (laughs) So that was kind of the conversation. It was a little bit of seriousness and a lot of comedy in it. You know, I knew he was going to make that next one. Isn't it interesting when we golfers lose our focus and take our minds off of or out of the mentality that got us into that good play? Golf is probably one of the hardest sports because of that exact reason. You know, you're out there for five hours, but you can't concentrate for five hours. So you have to get in and out of focus. And the other part that's difficult about golf is talking about 72 holes, which is overplayed over four days. And if you make one poor focus, you know, swing and hit a ball out of bounds, you might lose the the tournament by two shots. It really doesn't afford you at the highest level to play the game and lose focus. So you really have to dial it in on each one. But I don't really think it's a great idea to try to be focused all day long. It's probably why majors are so hard to win because there's so much stress between shots. Your mind is just racing and running. Very important that you can, that you figure out a way to 
think about something else, talk about something else, and, and kind of relax your mind between shots, especially in the big ones. Ted, don't you think the majors too just accentuate all your your errors or your mistakes? I mean, even marginal, even really good shots get penalized heavily in majors. Yeah, the courses are already super difficult, so it requires tremendous precision. Then you add crazy adrenaline, and you're trying to do something with finesse. It's like I say, it's like playing that low game operation, and you just ran, you know, a hundred yard dash. Right, so your hands are shaking, <laughs> and you're trying to get the wishbone out without touching the sides. Man, it's freaking hard. <laughs> so it's just a tough, the tough, you know, scenario, and that's why a lot of people just don't have the capabilities to win. Even though they might have the game, they just don't have the mental capacity or the guts to pull it off. And I'm in admiration to stand there and watch Bubba and Scotty be able to do that. It's it's very impressive. All right, that's going to wrap up the front nine. But don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Ted Scott interview on the back nine. Pearly be joining me. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour Champions Best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Burke. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, But at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean Team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about the game of golf, latest equipment, and golfing tips, log on to jdelsinggolf.com. The Back Nine is presented by Pro-Am Golf. Hey, welcome back, folks. Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. Pearlie's with me. We are headed to the Back Nine that's brought to you by our friends, at Pro-Am Golf. Folks, go get yourself fitted. Do yourself a favor. I just read an article with this young lady, went and got fitted for the first time, picked up 18 yards with her driver. Call CJ, 314-647-8054, or visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. They will help you out a bunch. All right, so we're going to part two of my interview with Ted Scott. I hope you enjoy it. Our hats are off to your old boss and your dear friend Bubba because he was the first guy there to congratulate not only Scotty but you. And he also explained why you guys uh, decided to go your separate ways and, and things like that. And, and oh, man, so much respect for him. You know, each time that Scotty's won, he's, he's sent us both the congratulatory text and, and even sent a text after Scotty finished second at the Hero. So, yeah, he's been he's been very supportive and, and uh, it's been, been nice to hear from him. Take us through a little bit about what it's like for you as you've just tapped in the winning putt on 18. So now we got to get the scorecard signed. And I know you got to get that flag off the 18th flag stick. You got to get that flag for you because that's a huge memento and keepsake, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, this year, I just I just took the whole flag itself with the, <laughs> with the pole and everything. So I had a, 
rental car and I said, I'm going to drive this thing home if they, if they let me have the whole thing. So I took the whole thing and they let me have it. I was like, sweet. So uh, that was pretty fun. But yeah, you know, the first thing you want to do is make sure that, that the scorecard is right. And you don't want to be that guy that, that lost the Masters by one because you signed an incorrect scorecard. So we were, you know, we were going over it several times in there and playing it back through your head to make sure that it's right and asking the officials, does that sound right to you? And so, yeah, um, that was crazy. And then uh, after that, we, uh, we did a few interviews and then they had the, you know, winter ceremony. And it was really cool to sit with Scotty's family and Meredith's family just wonderful people salt of the earth incredible folks you can see why scotty is so comfortable out there because away from the game when he gets done he has such a great support team from both sides from his family and his wife's family so that's that's even more impressive you know you probably remember what his dad said to him after he won the match play tournament and that's really who they are so so cool ted so you're right in there in the mix now did you get to do many interviews and what is it like as a caddy who's just been who just conquered augusta with his man I did a few interviews. People are obviously excited for you, just like they are for Scotty. And, and it's a kind of a surreal moment. You know, it, it really hasn't sunk in yet. And, you know, it's, it's just people, people have questions and you go and you answer them to the best of your ability. And then after that, you go and celebrate with your team. And uh, we just had a great time, great dinner that night. And then I got in a car and drove two hours, went to sleep, got up about five hours later and finished the drive and tried to answer about six or 700 texts that I ended up receiving. So it took me three or four days to do that. You know, I made a promise that I would return every single one of them and not and not ignore anybody because that's how grateful I am. So it was it was a tiring week the next week, but but well worth it. I'll do it again next year if you want me to. Talk to us a little bit about your family. They had to be so excited for you because I know this decision, because I know you teach a lot of golf. You love the game. I know you live in Lafayette, Louisiana, your wife and your daughter. And it wasn't a slam dunk, was it? We had an opportunity to caddy for another player after Bubba and I split, and it wasn't right in my heart. I really liked the player. He's a great guy, great player, and I was like, hey, I don't really know if I want to be away from home. And so I kind of decided with my wife and kids that I was just going to stay home and coach golf for a while and, you know, really soak it up at the, the family time. And then I got the call from Scotty and, you know, the first thing I did was I just went to my wife and kids and just said, hey, look, here's, the, here's an opportunity. Here's who this guy is. Here's what he stands for. Why don't y'all pray about it for a week? And we'll, we'll reconvene in a week and see what each person has to say. And my son went first. He's 11. And he said, Dad, I really feel like God's leading me to tell you that you should do it. And then my daughter, who's 15, said the same thing. And my wife said the same thing. I said, okay, perfect. Let's pray for another week. So we did it for one more week. And they came back with the same answers. And then I said, okay, well, now I can talk to Scotty about details. And you know, I tried to make it difficult on him to hire me. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll accommodate you in that area and this area. And I was like, oh, okay. That's when I kind of knew it was God's plan for me to go back to work. I had no idea what, what it would be like, what, you know, what the road ahead was going to be like. But that really uh, makes it exciting for my family to know that, that they were a huge part of the decision. Really, they made the decision, honestly. I, I didn't even decide. I was just going to let them have it. That, I think that gives them a sense of, of pride in that they, you know, they were dedicated to the decision and to see where it's going is really cool. Clearly, your faith is a huge part of who you are and what you do and, and the life you're living with your family. And that's super important to Scotty as well. And that's one of the huge, I'll say, benefits and connecting tissues here. I really feel like his wife and his family have such a great perspective on things. And that goes along with how my wife and my kids, we all try to view life as well. So when you look at the whole group, you know, we're all trying to live for the Lord. And, you know, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. That's really been on our heart, my family, to take this for granted and really try to use it for something else, not other than our, our glory and our good, you know. So we're trying to use our time and our resources to help others with the gifts that we've been given. So it's it's really cool to see that Scotty's family and, and Meredith's family are on that same page. And, uh, you know, it just makes it even more exciting about this whole team and partnership. Ted, it makes such a difference to have so much in the line. It just makes things so much simpler. At the end of the day, Jay, having won the Masters as a caddy twice with Baba, realized that it doesn't change your life. You know, it changes your life in, in a way more people know you, you know, financially, it's, you get some gain, popularity. But at the end of the day, for your friends still have fights, your wife and you still have fights, your kids argue, people get cancer, things go on in your life that are difficult to deal with you have to still live your life so it kind of put it in perspective for me going into this one thinking hey you know what it's not the end all be all it's not the most important thing it's going to be really fun i'm super pumped about it i'm excited about it but at the end of the day it's a golf it's a game it's entertainment 
love it. I want to do it, but it's not going to change my life. Really spending time with my friends, my family, that's the most important thing. And, and enjoying experiences like a chance to win the Masters. So super grateful to be a part of it. My favorite tournament in the world to attend, caddy in, to watch. Honestly, just humbled by the whole experience. Ted, who was the first caddy that you heard from this time around? Well, I would say it's probably Steve Kling or, you know, one of the guys when I walked into the one of the guys when I walked into the uh, caddy house there at Augusta, you know, there's a few guys in there still. Um, it's a whirlwind, man. I, I've returned so many phone calls and texts and I'm, and I'm not very trivial. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. So <laughs> not, that, not the best at answering that type of stuff. But, you know, I do remember seeing Steve Kling, who's a, a local caddy that I stay with and pick his brain all week. And, you know, he was in there and he's always excited for me. So just a great dude. And, you know, there was a few other guys and Sam Pinner, Cam Smith's caddy was in there and, you know, he was awesome too. So there's just a really good fellowship of guys that, that were there and very supportive. Tell the folks a little bit about that. Each week we go out there, even if we were best friends and we went to college together, played junior golf together, whatever, we're going to come to the 18th hole tied. We're trying to beat each other's brains in, man. And we're trying to win this championship. We don't want to hurt anybody physically, but we don't mind beating somebody pretty badly on the, on the golf course. But there's a real, true camaraderie and brotherhood on the PGA Tour between the players and the caddies, isn't there? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you have respect for one another because you know how hard it is, one, to be on that stage, and then two, to compete at that level. I love to watch the UFC, and you see leading up to the fight, two guys bickering and saying bad things about their families and stuff, but at the end of the day, once the fight's over, they, they have a lot of respect for one another because you've laid it all out and you've went on. One person won, one person lost, but the respect is there. And, and that's something that I think is really cool about the PGA Tour, you know, is that at the end of the day, of course, you want to beat everybody, but you can certainly, it's a gentleman's game. You can look them in the eyes and congratulate them when they beat you and say, hey, man, really happy for you, but next time I'm coming for you. So uh, that's <laughs> right. kind of the policy, you know. You know, we'll just make this a regular thing. Every time you're you're hoisting something, we'll just call and get your thoughts. Sounds like fun, man. Talk to you next Monday. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, Pearly, you get first shot here. We're going to wrap up the uh, back nine here, but I want to hear a couple of your first takes from the Ted Scott interview. Just the solid guy that he is. I mean, and what a fit for him, his family, Scotty Scheffler and his family. What a fit. I just, that story was so much fun on, on the time they took, the patience they took to make sure that they had a fit. And boy, is it paying off. There's a calmness. There's a peace. There's some sort of contentment and incredible difference for caddy life from now until back in the day when, when we were out. Oh, absolutely. You know, that starts popping in, into my brain on several occasions, but just that you know, a caddy that's raising a family has got the choice of not wanting to caddy anymore and, you know, go be a local coach, which is, you know, generally a huge uh, a cut in pay. But that's how much they're making. And the fact that he was on Bubba's bag and they were so successful for so many years. Uh, yeah, it's just a completely different uh, lifestyle across the board. Uh, you, you know, where does this piece come from? Well, I think we know where it comes from. I thought he I think he kind of presented that very well. And just kind of keeping his his values in order on decisions he makes, who he works with, who he works for, his team. I think that's where the peace comes from. And it was just wonderful to hear that. And I think it's a great reflection on our sport. Bubba Watson and Ted got together and they were like, what, what's this future going to look like? What do you need? What do I need? And Bubba said to Ted, he's like, man, I don't, I just don't know how much more I have. You know, I think Bubba's in his early 40s, and he's and, and Bubba said to Ted, Ted, what do you want? What do you need? And Ted said, man, I'd love, you know, if it works out, I'd love another 10 years. I could do a solid retirement for my family with that sort of uh, with the success that we'd have and that sort of money. Bubba's like, man, I can't. There's no way I can commit to 10 more years. There's no way. And so they amiably agreed to part ways, which, you know, John, that doesn't happen very often on the PGA Tour. That's pretty classy. That's that's pretty classy. Jay, that doesn't happen in life, right? Business-wise, general business-wise, family, any relationships. That's first rate. That's classy. And listen, we were talking earlier in the show about what makes superstars superstars. That, that's part of it. Not for all of them, but that's part of it. You know what, Pearl? Let's wrap up the back nine 
and we will take more of this on on the uh, Michelob Ultra 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. Hey, St. Louis. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour champions best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. I want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in St. Louis for over 40 years. I'm talking about Pro-Am Golf Center. That's right, Pro-Am Golf Center. I know you know the name, but I'm not sure you know what they really have to offer. They have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Pro-Am Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson. You will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314-647-8054. Ask for CJ. Or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. That's ProAmGolfUSA.com. Hey, this is Jay Delsing for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. SSM Health Physical Therapy has the Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screening on you as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Proper posture, alignment, etc., can help you keep your game right down the middle. We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. For the latest updates on golf equipment, help with your swing, and everything golf. Visit jdelsinggolf.com. The 19th hole is presented by Michelob Ultra. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie's with me. I'm your host, Jay. We are going to the Michelob Ultra 19th hole. Pearl, go ahead, open one. All right, so we want to thank our folks at Michelob Ultra. We have an exciting announcement coming in, oh, a couple weeks about a new official sponsor and official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show, but stay tuned for that. John, let's talk a little bit more about the Ted Scott interview. I was fascinated. And John, when I was working for Fox, I was one of the one of the ground soldiers. I was out on the course walking with groups. Anytime a player and a caddy would start talking and we had a microphone close enough to pick up anything, we were always told to lay out because they considered those conversations TV gold. What stood out in your mind about some of those conversations? Well, in the fourth round, fifth hole, Scotty commented to his caddy, Ted, hey, I think uh, Cameron's ball has gone someplace over by the bunkers. And Ted, to the caddy, to his credit, immediately shot back, let's not worry about where his ball goes. We're just going to, in essence, follow where ours goes. So I just wanted to talk about the dynamic that you understood as well from the interview and other things on the golf course and how important you think that is and the caddy's job to maybe get the player refocused or or stay focused or back on track. That's a great point because I wanted to bring that up as well because the player and the caddy, and you and I did this, oh my gosh, numerous times. We had a plan. One of the things that you were great about is – keeping us on that plan, meaning here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to play this whole, th- within the plan, there were, there were opportunities to make some modifications, but for the most part, here's how we're going to attack the golf course. Here's what we're going to commit to do, and here's what we're going to do. And there are so many options when you're out there playing, John. 
maybe your playing partner's ball going into a hazard or going in out of bounds. And as you're keeping score from you're in charge of protecting the field to make sure, you know, things are done right. How much energy do you spend there? We could talk about this again, probably the, the entire length of a, another show. First of all, it's important to have that conversation ahead of time so that when the caddy, when it's you or it's Ted Scott, or when it's anyone, when the caddy brings that back up, it is just a real quick correction and you're back on track. It's not like a shocking thing that catches them off guard or catches them by surprise. Absolutely. And we're out there so long, you know, sometimes, and I don't know how often people kind of clue into this. I think golf and you, you agree golf should be played about three hours and 20 minutes, three hours and 30 minutes often on tour. You're out there for every bit of five hours plus, let alone if there's any rain or weather type of delays. So the, the whole effort to get back on task. And I love what uh, Ted talked about as well. You can't really be intense concentrating for five straight hours. You've got to kind of come in and out, in and out of the conversation, in and out of the concentration, in and out of the focus. And that's a tough thing to do because, man, can it get squirrely in between? You can get a ruling that's upsetting. You can get another player that's upsetting. You can have some weird ruckus in the crowd that gets you distracted or gets you know, someone says something to you about your family. There, there's a lot that can, you know, upset the apple cart. Uh, there absolutely is. You know, it's it's interesting. Part of that whole caddy job is, and the player's job, is to expect the unexpected. Just promise yourself that no matter what, and it's great to go through the scenarios that could happen, but even if we go through a whole bunch of scenarios of things that could happen to be prepared for, there's still even more things that could happen. You know, I work with my eight-year-old grandson and 15-year-old grandson talking about soccer. I know nothing about soccer except that I know you've got to be prepared for anything. How do you keep from getting pulled off of your game, off of the game plan? How do you keep from losing that focus uh, and let somebody else uh, interrupt your your concentration? And that's that's just immensely important when, when we're playing, let alone the competition. Because what's harder, Jay, when you see a guy – hit it in the trees, chip it out, thinking he's going to make bogey, maybe double, and ends up making a birdie. That's why if we're not focused on our game and we let our mind wander, that all of a sudden we can be com- completely shocked in, in, a, in a situation where we just can't believe that it's just happened. We, at best, we have control of our own game, so let's keep our mind and our thoughts off of the other guy's game. That interaction, though, is just crucial. And, you know, John, sometimes the best thing said is nothing at all. And you change the subject and you go on to your banter. I know some of the most fun conversations we've had since I've known you is, you know, talking about sports or talking about this or talking about that while we're out there, you know, trying to kill the five plus hours, as you said. Absolutely. The number of times my sisters would uh, call after uh, I was caddying for you and to just say, what were you guys laughing so hard about out there? And I'm thinking, I don't even remember laughing or not laughing or whatever, but we had a pretty good time in between. You were not the type that was going to overly grind away between shots. There are certainly some times and holes and nine holes that were more intense than the others, but you always did a pretty good job of keeping things loose. We might have had the problem with actually focusing when the shot was was on more so than over-focusing. We, we could have been under-focusers. When I played my best golf, John, it was in and out. It was a spurt of concentration and then this relaxation mode. Try to get, I mean, literally, I can recall that when I could hear the birds chirping and the birds singing, realize that I'm playing out on the PGA Tour, and this has been a lifelong dream of mine, and it's happening, there was some sense of gratitude and how fortunate things have worked out for me to be there. Well, that's what Ted talked about when he made the transition away from Bubba, when Bubba couldn't commit to the long-term situation. And he he really talked about what does he want going forward. And when he sat down and had that conversation with Scotty to, to see if they're perspectives, their values, their worlds aligned. I just thought that was absolutely fantastic. You know, I'm fortunate enough to work with business people. And so often when the joy is gone, the grind is there, the fear creeps up is because we've lost our way relative to, are we enjoying what we're doing? Does this align with our values? Yes, we have to make money, that kind of thing, but there's lots of ways to make money. We have to make sure that these other tangibles 
uh, align. And of all the conversation uh, that you had with Ted, that was probably the part that hit home most for me. And that those two guys could come together and the families could come together was, was absolutely just the best part of the interview because that could be applied as we often talk to any part of anybody's life. That's what we're all after. Gosh, I think this is going to wrap up another show. We've got to um, announce my man, Steve Vincent. Steve, congratulations. You own a dozen TP5 golf balls. Hey, thanks for, for being with me this week. The, the Ted Scott interview was absolutely fantastic, and we will have a blast with Tom Watson next week. Hit him straight, St. Louis. This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about Jay and the services he can provide any golfer, visit jdelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, get tips from a PGA pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's jdelsinggolf.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.